0: When an editor asks you to rewrite the material and then send it back, they are not asking you to hurry. Taylor Stevens, the New York Times best selling and award winning author of the kick ass Vanessa Michael Monroe thrillers, and this is The Taylor Stevens Show with my good friend Steve Campbell. We are kicking riding in the butt, one word at a time.
1: Taylor, are you enjoying the college basketball tournament, and how are you doing in your bracket? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Steve. Does that mean you're you're not doing very well and this is the first time you've ever done one? Or it means like for the 29th year in a row, you're not doing one?
0: Uh, I'm like, oh, Steve, you know how to troll me
1: so well. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what trolling is? I don't even know what it is.
0: There's a lot of different things that it means, but... (laughs) i don't watch sports steve knows that he's just having fun at my expense but
1: it is the college basketball tournaments tournament which is one of the highlights of my sporting year so it's at the top of mind as we're beginning to record this so i had to ask just just in case because people expand as they age they take in new experiences they become more evolved so to speak and really right. gain a, a, uh, an affinity for sports.
0: Right. Or they
1: just give up on them completely.
0: Or they're just like, there's so many things in real life I'd like to be doing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. A couple things to get caught up on we talked a few weeks ago about an ing video that you did on patreon and i had not seen it that first day and i have seen it now and it is as good as you described it it's it's 55 minutes of really good information i wound up doing lots of little screenshots that i could use to go back and try exercises from and it it actually it sort of breaks down into in, in my mind into three different sections. And sadly enough for me, some of the material that you used as examples <laughs> <laughs> came from something that I was working on. And I thought, surely I've fixed that. And I went in and it's still there as it was. So, I, it, so, only two of them. You gave me three. You used three examples. One of them was, was completely changed. The other two were there. And I wasn't mortified because they weren't like these are really obviously terrible things. It was, you were talking about mirroring, mirrored, mirrored was it mirrored scenes or mirrored something where they're like two things going on at the same time and it could be this, could be that, and, and you couldn't tell from reading it. And, yep, they were still there.
0: Well, I bet they're not now.
1: They are not now because I had a really good example of how to fix them.
0: So the inward thing, just in case somebody's coming to the show new, um, I've slowly over time been working on Hack the Craft, trademarked, Woo! Oh,
1: Which my gosh.
0: A- <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to let that go. Um, so it's a, it's a writing program of all these tips and tricks and hacks that I've sort of Taught myself to reverse engineer the writing process because I didn't have years and years to learn how to write and read tons of books and stuff. And so, this ing word um, PowerPoint was one that I, it was a tutorial. I was going to just sort of basically break down, you know, how to know when you can use an ing word at the beginning of a sentence and yada, yada, yada. And I thought it was going to be pretty quick and it turned out to almost an hour. But by the time I finished that thing, I was so proud of it. I was like, I think I'm more proud of this than just about anything else I've ever written, because it took so much mental bandwidth to figure out how to explain it in a way that anybody, no matter where they are in their writing journey, can understand and immediately make their writing better.
1: And the thing that you do that's so cool, because this is Hack the Craft, is you'll be going along explaining, 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 and then you say, and here's the hack. And that's where Steve does a screenshot. (laughs) <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> because then I know I can take those and go back through my own stuff and, and come up with things that I can add to my list of things that need to be done after the first draft is over. And that's something that you said in the, in the video, the importance of not letting yourself get tied into knots with all this as you're writing. Just yes. write, get the story down.
0: Just get the story down. And that would be a whole show in itself of just... Don't don't worry about being perfect, and we'll have to break that off for another discussion.
1: But that does kind of bring up the topic for today's show that we'll be getting to in a minute. We're going to be talking about rewrites. Something came up during last week's show about rewrites and that it prompted some, some questions in my mind. So we're going to get to that. Another thing in the Patreon recap section of the show here um, is you did a new, an updated version of Monroe. Yes. Uh, this was been, about this was about ten days ago, and there was some talk of rewriting in there as well.
0: Yes, because um, as our longtime listeners know, I am under contract for other books, and I've had the fulcrum, which is Monroe number six, sitting on my shelf for a couple of years now, and I sort of made a commitment to my patrons that I would try and complete the book over time. Like, I can't focus on it because I have these contracts I have to fill. But as time allows, I will do it chapter by chapter and I upload those chapters as they're written. And it had been so long since I'd been able to get another chapter up there. And I was like, I am going to do this by hook or by crook. So I finally got chapter 10 up there. It's it's an ebook that's downloaded, downloadable to any Kindle, um, Nook, whatever your reading device is, it'll download it to that and um but in there i talked also about how i'd gone back and rewritten one of the chapters and then the new chapter i was it was still rough enough that i felt i probably was going to have to go back for a rewrite so it all ties into today's
1: topic. yes and yes so that all ties us in so we could have our quick little music thing and then we'll get to the topics which is rewriting Okay, rewriting. Let's let's. I mean, it, it sounds obvious, but let's define terms for what you're going to be talking about today. What are we What are we talking about when we're talking about a rewrite?
0: Well, oh, you always are so sticky with your questions. <laughs> um, it's going to mean different things to different people based on who you're redoing the rewrite for and what stage you are in that particular uh, draft, and at what point you f- you have a first draft finished like for me when i'm just word vomiting onto the page and then i actually go back to write the scene i don't consider that a rewrite so for me a rewrite is when i more or less have the scene the way that i want it and i think i have a first draft And then I come back to it a week later, and I'm like, "Oh my God, this sucks." (laughs) And then I'm going to try and make it less sucky. Mm -hmm. And I may end up coming back and doing that four or five times before I feel like, "Okay, I can move on from this and and let it go."
1: Okay. And I, I was thinking when I knew what we were going to be talking about today of liar's paradox. Is that do I have the title right? Yes. Okay. So because it was written. And then it was rewritten. And and this is like... The first time I saw it, you'd probably been through it a gazillion times. Because it was really, really clean. And, you know, it felt like you're writing. And then it was rewritten again. And then it was rewritten again. And then it was acquired for publication. And then I think there was another rewrite, wasn't there?
0: Well, the the next was more like a a new draft.
1: Okay. So...
0: The, the rewritten, rewritten parts, like, there's two different versions of it, right? The first was where I was rewriting for story. Like, the story wasn't right. Something's missing. It doesn't have enough depth. It's not the right story. It, it, the characters are not right. It took me a while to figure that story out in a way that actually had the feel of what I was going to. The Characters kind of changed a little bit. Their back history changed a bit. Their present motives and all of those factors changed through those major story rewrites, and thankfully, it was not full book. If it had been a full book, I probably just would have been like, I give up, you know, because so much work would have gone into it at that point. But it was really the first third of the book that got rewritten and rewritten and rewritten. So once I had that, and I knew the story, then I actually wrote the book. And then when I went back for rewrites on that, it was for cleaning up character motivation, cleaning up dialogue, cleaning up pacing, cleaning up all the things that go into tightening a story. And then I went back for a rewrite on the actual words that were being used on the page. And there were some chapters, the opening chapter and introducing one of the characters, that I rewrote the first four or five paragraphs, maybe even the first page of that chapter, of both of those chapters, 10, 15, 20 times until... I got the words in the right order that they conveyed as close as I could get to what they needed to convey. All
1: right, let me ask you a question and and this comes with a confession. Okay. Um, but the question is, do you remember the first version you sent me of the beginning? Cuz it was a while ago. Like No, cuz there was,
0: were so many ver I mean
1: Yeah, I mean, no, it, it I was don't. it was when you still weren't sure that you were going to write it. You were this was just something that you were working on and it wasn't going to be a Monroe, and you sent it. Here, here's the confession. I, there aren't very many things like this where I remember very clearly where I was when I was reading it because it had such an impact on me. And so I read it, and it, it, it had this impact to the where today, I still remember where I was. And then I remember like six months later, like, yeah, that, that beginning, I, I really hated the beginning of that book, so I've completely rewritten it. <laughs> Like oh man, but but but
0: but, that's the part that you're talking about. Sort of stayed. Yes, that
1: part mostly stayed. stayed. Not all of it, but uh, most of the very beginning stayed, which is just just a fabulous beginning to a book, and and then some of the elements started to diverge in major ways right after the beginning.
0: Right, but it brings it. It kind of brings us back around to the topic that I thought. Our listeners could really benefit from today on the subject of rewrites in terms of time investment. Now, granted, there are those who write very, very quickly and then hit publish and they're done. They don't want to look at it again. And this advice is not for them, <laughs> it is for those who are laboring over the quality of the writing, is that you don't see what needs to be rewritten the day after you wrote it. You have to have some time and space between the material. And this was brought to mind by a tweet conversation I saw between two agents, two literary agents on Twitter, where one said, when an editor asks you to rewrite the material and then send it back, they are not asking you to hurry. And the agent replied and said, the same thing goes for agents. When they ask you to revisit the (laughs) material, take your time. And it got me thinking about when the informationist went to my agent for the very first time, and she agreed to be my agent. And she had said, there are some story structure issues in it, and take your time with them don't even send it back to me before the end of summer because nothing happens in publishing during summer. And at the time, and even until recently, I just always took that as nothing's happening during the summer, so there's no point in sending it back to me quickly, so don't feel stressed. But now, knowing what I know and having experienced what I've experienced in so many editing projects, what she really was saying is, don't just rush this back to me, really take the time to think about these things and don't slap them off and return them to me as fast as you can. And, you know, when you have an agent who says they're willing to take your work, of course you want to slap it back and return <laughs> it to them as soon as you can. But what's going to end up happening is they're going to send it back and say, this still needs more work because you haven't given it enough time to really think through what that advice means, to really think it through to a deeper level. And that is actually really hard to do, to think it through to a deeper level. Because, and it's kind of like when I do the editing podcasts as well, someone will send me the material And I have years of experience behind me in dealing with this, and I can see all these things that need to be restructured and changed. And I know that if I just throw that all at them, they're going to, I mean, that's just miserable. I wouldn't, I don't want to do that. So I'll touch on the big, the big things, the biggest things that I see. And the thing is, is if the author could already see those bigger things, They would have already fixed them before they sent them to me right so what that means when you're on the receiving end of that advice is there's more than just a surface level of what this person is telling me that needs to be worked on and if you were capable of seeing it immediately you could rush it right off and and return it but you would have already done that in the first place you would have had the ability to see it so when they're saying take your time, it's because they know that you don't see it yet. Even if they point it out to you, you don't see it yet because your skill level hasn't gotten there. So they want you to really think about it so that you fix all depths, not just a few words, not just add an extra sentence, not just shift a few things around, it's story sense, it's structure, it's plot, it's character. And those things, it's, it's, you either have it as an instinct or you have to take the time to learn it. And rushing it back is not going to solve the issues that they saw. And then they're going to get frustrated and go, because now they got to deal with it again. So the point being, when it comes to rewrites, especially when somebody has offered you feedback on stuff, is to take time to really try and understand not just the surface of what they're saying, but how it connects to the, the tissues and the tendons of the entire story. Because generally, advice isn't going to come back in a line edit way. It's going to come back in a you know story structure type way. And that's not something that's easily fixed with just a few sentence changes and word usage and editing out your in
1: words. (laughs) Can you, could you give an example of something that you might get back from a story structure standpoint?
0: Well, I, the only one I really remember, and this is because it had such an impression on me at the time was with the informationist. And with the informationist, I had a few chapters that were, uh, flashback scenes. Mm -hmm. So all the, you know, Monroe's history and, and all of that had originally shown up, not all of it, but a lot of it had shown up in flashback scenes, flashback chapters that went back in time. And my agent had said to me, um, you know, I I really would advise you against taking the story out of chronology. And I recommend that these important things here still be in the story, but be brought up, you know, within... The present-day story itself, basically as a flashback instead of as, you know, a whole scene that went back in time. And thankfully, my ed- agent is really editorially minded, and she doesn't usually throw problems at me without offering a solution. So her version of it was, and in my opinion, do with it as you want, I can see a couple of places where that would work. And it's here at this spot in the story. And it's here at this spot in the story where you could probably insert those um, through rewriting those chapters. So, of course, I, I I was so grateful for that advice because I had I didn't know what I was doing. I had taken it as far as I could on my knowledge base, and so I essentially cut those chapters out and found a way to rework the material into memories and. Um, I ended up splitting it up quite a bit. Some of it went into chunks, but it taught me how to um, use sort of the surgical writing tool of opening something in, attaching it and stitching it back together. So that was the biggest one. Um, when the informationist went to my editor, she told me that she was really busy. She says, I'm not going to have a chance to get to this for a while, but I can, I feel that the, the opening, however many pages, uh, move too slowly. So why don't you take a stab at seeing what you can cut out of this story to get the opening moving faster? And so I think I eliminated about 5,000 words. And when she came back to me, she's like, that's perfect. I don't have anything more to say on that. And then the editing process began. But I took my time with both of those because I did not want them coming back and saying, not that they would use these words, but you idiot, you know, (laughs) how, uh, so I really took my time to try and make it as absolute best as I could up, up a level from what I had done
1: before. All right. Well, how do you, because in my mind, when you heard from your editor, um, here's what you might want to do. You could take this and put it here and here. How did you avoid just going, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take this and put it here. I'm going to take this and put it here. So I'm going to copy and paste. I'm going to smooth this out a little bit. It's an hour and a half, and I'm going to send it back. How did, how did you avoid that sense of, I just want to, I've gotten this great advice. I'm just going to do it.
0: Well, see, that's why she was smart. And she said, take your time don't send this back to me before the end of summer. So even though I did finish it before the end of summer, I didn't send it back to her before the end of summer. <laughs> so I had, she she quashed that need to rush okay. in me. And so I think part of the advice that I'm offering here is If your agent or your editor or even me, if you're submitting material, doesn't tell you specifically, don't send this back to me before the end of the summer of whatever the equivalent is, quash it yourself. Understand that they're not asking you to rush it back. They are not in the same hurry that you're in. They want you to send them your very, very best. And sometimes it takes a while of working on it, stepping away from it coming back and looking at it again, working on it, stepping away from it. It takes multiple um, passes over it with time in between to be able to really see it through eyes that are fresh enough. And that's why in Stephen King's book on writing, he talks, and again, it's been so long since I've read that book, so I might be mixing this up and i apologize if I have, but I believe I remember in there, he talks about, he says, stick your manuscript in in a drawer for three months, go and write something else, then come back and revise it after enough time has passed. And it's the same concept of you need space away from that material to really see the issues that it may have. No, for people who are sending me editing material, please don't wait
1: three months between revisions. <laughs> Especially now, when we're <laughs> when we're limited with what we have.
0: <laughs> but when you're working on a, the whole story, you know, you need that amount, that kind of time away from it. And I find that even with my own work, when I have a finished book that is just sitting there and I haven't you know, my editor or whatever is not going to be back in the office for a month because it's vacation. If I go back and look at it again, right before I send it off, I see all kinds of stuff that at the time I was like, oh man, I nailed this. And then I'm like, "Uh, but not quite. Mm -hmm. And then I'll, you know, clean it up some more.
1: Okay. I think, I think we have covered it. So now we know if, if an agent or editor asks you to rewrite something, don't rush. The more detail you can get from them, the better, and hopefully they're going to give you that, that detail so that, that you can spend some time thinking about it uh, before you rush in and start copying and pasting or cutting and pasting things from, from place to place. Anything, anything else to sort of nice, tie a nice bow on it, around this?
0: Uh w- No, because I'm drawing a blank, because I feel like I already just you just dabbled.
1: did tie a bow around it, and no, then I, I ripped the bow off and tore the wrapping paper and handed it back to you and told you to wrap it up again. Is that what you're saying?
0: No.) <laughs> 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 but I do think that we could use some listener questions, because I brought up this topic because I felt it was something that might benefit our listeners because we haven't heard from anybody in a while. So there might be something that someone out there is looking for advice on. Don't be shy. You can send it to me privately by email, contact at taylorstevensbooks.com. If you don't even want me to read it verbatim and just sort of summarize it and talk about that issue, happy to do it. This is your show. We're here for you. And if we don't have anything, then it's just gonna be me and Steve chit-chatting, so.
1: I like those shows. (laughs) All right, uh, that wraps up this week's show. We will be back again next Tuesday. Thanks. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, Taylor, for sharing your wisdom, and we'll talk to you again next Tuesday.
0: Thanks for being here, guys.